Hello, my friends. It's Begonia Bree the Book Fairy here, and I'm so very happy you invited me for story time with you. I love to bring you fairy tales, folk stories, legends, and myths from all over the world. Today is the sixth and final part of The Queen Bee. So go ahead and ask your grown-up for one last drink of water and make sure you have your favorite stuffy or pillow nearby. Snuggle up under your covers so you're all nice and safe and comfy. All good? Well, then let's begin. The queen let out a noise that indicated smugness. Hmm, Lady Ilsa. Yes. She carefully hefted herself into the air and made detailed examinations of all the women, landing in turn on their hair, on their hands, even peeking into their ears. Then she returned to Friedrich, with what he swore was a gleeful smile. The Lady Ilsa has a fondness for sweets, she announced, as if that had solved the problem completely. When Friedrich did not reply, she stomped two little bee-feet in frustration. Don't you see, silly boy, that only one of these beautiful ladies has the hint of honey on her lips? And not only is it honey, but it's the finest honey she could possibly acquire, because it's from my hive. She drew the words out, ending them with a delicious shudder of pride. All three have the features of Lady Ilsa, but only one has the hint of honey still on her breath. She fluttered her wings again, rounding the room and landing delicately on the lips of the lady on the left. She tossed her head as a flirting lass might, and Friedrich couldn't help but reach out his grateful hand for the bee to climb into. I suppose I somehow have saved you from a fate worse than death she said airily, so our score is now even. But know that I won't hesitate to send my fiercest warriors out to deter your brothers should they ever approach my home again. And I would not blame you in the least. Friedrich gingerly lifted, Friedrich gingerly lifted his hand toward the window and smiled as the plump bee struggled to take off, eventually hovering in the air in front of him. She shook her stinger one last time as a farewell and buzzed off towards her beloved hive. As Friedrich was watching the queen's flitting path, Fluke entered the room with a plate of roasted potatoes and onions. It's not much I know, he admitted, but it's hard to think on an empty stomach, so eat up, my boy. Friedrich's smile was dazzling as he placed a hand gently on the clasped fingers of the maiden on the left. Fluke, this is your Lady Ilsa. This is the true Lady Ilsa. With that, the other two women stirred stretched like cats, and yawned. They opened their eyes to reveal the brilliant green of wood sprites and giggled shamelessly at each other. Their matching features melted into two distinctly different faces. One was mischievous and pointed, the other plump and full. Both were breathtakingly gorgeous. They shook their arms and legs, and the nightgowns disappeared in bursts of fairy dust. Underneath, they wore simple tunics, their bare legs covered in runes of the forest. As one, they turned and leapt out of the beds. That was an easy job, one announced with a wink at Friedrich. Easy, yes, but will Belint be compensating us for fourteen years of work? The other replied cheekily. We were laying down on the clock, snickered the first one, so I doubt it. They continued to giggle and chat as they walked towards the window. 
Once there, shimmering gossamer wings burst forth from their backs, one like a dragonfly's, the other like a moth's, and they held hands and shrieked with laughter as they jumped out the window together, their wings flickering in the sunlight and catching the wind as they followed the path of the queen bee into the woods. Friedrich tore his attention from the window back to Lady Ilsa, still asleep in her bed. My lady, came Fluke's tear-strangled whisper. With that, Ilsa's eyes fluttered open. They were not as violently emerald as the sprites had been, but they were a soft, gentle brown as they darted around the room, confused. What happened? She asked in a voice clogged by sleep. Fluke dropped the plate of vegetables with a horrible clang and leapt to her side with a nibbleness that stunned Friedrich. The second he touched her hand, he too transformed. The tenderest smile of a charming young man blossomed from the careworn features of the old servant. In the same way the sprites shook off their glamour, Fluke was suddenly shimmering, standing tall, back unbowed, and with a full head of glistening blonde hair. Close! cried Ilsa with delight, and she embraced him with a tender kiss. When she realized they were not alone, her cheeks glowed red, and she whispered, Please pardon me, I... Klaus interrupted her, his croaky voice having been exchanged for a melodious tenor trill. My beloved, this brilliant man has set us free! He gallantly helped her out of the bed, and she padded towards Friedrich in dainty slippers, her pure white gown trailing behind her. A curse, she repeated. I remember something. Her eyes flashed with recognition. The sorceress, she shuddered. What, what did she do? Where are my parents? What happened? Klaus soothingly hushed her as Friedrich explained. Your family was turned to living statues, my lady, but I had the aid of some noble friends, and well, now the curse. Friedrich's humble announcement was interrupted by two people noisily slamming the door open. In unison, they cried, Ilsa! and threw themselves at her. Ilsa laughed joyfully, hugging both her parents as fiercely as she could. All four of them began to talk over each other in a symphony of blessed reunion, and Friedrich smiled to himself, slowly backing out of the room. Fourteen years had passed, and surely the family and their future son-in-law had much to discuss. As he made his way down the hall, Friedrich watched statue after statue, turned warm with breath, and the stony gray skin slithered away to reveal healthy, living, pink and brown and bronze flesh underneath. Their confusion was palpable, but Friedrich had no doubt they would figure everything out in time. At once, he heard a familiar pair of heavy bootsteps approach him from behind, with another one echoing those. He was lifted bodily off the ground and crushed by Leopold in a grateful embrace. Brother! he roared proudly. My little brother broke the curse and saved you all, he declared to the bewildered servants and guests. That didn't seem to clear up their concern, but many of them politely smiled and tipped their hats or curtsied and applauded to Friedrich. You can tell us how you did it once we're out of this wretched place and back on the road to home, hissed Sigurd as he and Leopold carried Friedrich between them, his feet dangling inches above the floor. I never want to be anywhere near a cursed manor ever again, shuddered Leopold as the brothers hurried out to the stables to seize their horses. You don't want to stay and celebrate? Friedrich asked with a bit of a smirk. The idea of his brothers actively running away from a party was hard to imagine. Yet here they were, forcing down panic as they hastily saddled their steeds. 
We will be more than happy to celebrate your brilliance and bravery, admitted Sigurd, once we are safely back in our curse-free, statueless castle. Uh, we'll command the minstrels to sing songs of your courage and cunning, added Leopold, stuffing his belongings in his sack. Yes, yes, once we're free of this dreadful place, shuddered Sigurd. Friedrich allowed himself the smallest of smiles, painted with just a dab of smugness, and silently thanked his heroic little friends, the ants, the duck, and the bee, for their invaluable help on his journey. With that, the three brave and mighty warriors and their steeds rumbled off into the setting sun, ready to warn everyone they met about how dangerous it could be to arouse the anger of a woman whose jealousy was equal in strength to her power, and how very important it was to be kind to the smallest creatures in the world around them. And that is the end of part six, the final part of The Queen Bee. Sweet dreams! song is The Magic Tree by Jeff Harvey.